And then I didn't know what to do. And the whole room was quiet. Like you froze. I froze. And then the silence was broken by laughter (gasps) in the front row. And the laughter started to spread. Oh, Oh my God. And then I looked over at my client who had paid me to come there to deliver a speech, not a pitch. And his face is buried in his hands in embarrassment. Welcome to the Innovative Founder, the show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. Hey, 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 welcome to the show, Innovative Founder. Welcome, everyone, to the you. show. Bob, what's hey, going we've... on in your life this week? I hear, I heard golf was going on with you. Is that where you hit the little ball and get really yeah. frustrated and angry? Is that what that game is about? Well, I'm not as angry anymore. I don't know. Good. My wife my wife doesn't like <laughs> when I play angry. So, yeah, I got back from uh, 10 days of golf in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Fantastic weather. Um, I love going outside, playing that game. I'm uber competitive, as you know. Yes, you are. And, uh, being able to go out there and compete against my wife, who's also competitive, enjoy the outside. It, it's, it's a blast. We brought a friend of ours for the first few days. Um, so it was a nice dynamic, just a great time to get away. I think one of the things that my, my parent, my, my dad was really big and my grandfather is really big is like, you need to get away. Like you, you need to work hard, but you need to get away. And so given so many of us just work our butts off, we're working day to night, uh, we're working weekends. And I think one of the things you and I have realized is we, enter into our fifth decade is we need to plan for time for rest and for play. And yes, um, I know you're, you're out there doing a little bit of play this week in Austin, Texas, but we we've been intentional about scheduling vacation, scheduling rest, because I, I don't know about you, but especially at this age, it's, it's hard to keep the engine running at, at high RPMs for so long. I, I, I need to get away and do something different. Mm, I would agree. I would agree. This actually, this trip here in Austin, I'm visiting a business partner as well as just going to learn how to windsurf. Uh, I've got a cabin in Northern Wisconsin on Lake Superior and used to doing some sailing and kayaking, but wanted something a little more engaging with the waves and move a little faster than a kayak. So I had some friends that highly, highly recommended it. And I thought, well, let's just go do it. And this, it's like you said, this is not something I would just pull randomly. It's just so easy to stick around and, oh, I got work to do and I got stuff to do and, and there's plenty to be done. And yeah, so it's kind of nice forcing myself to get away for a few days and, and do this. And it's, I've decided it needs to be a quarterly type of event. Yeah. And I think, you know, a good friend of ours, Perry Marshall says, you know, you need to play as hard as you work. Mm. So I, I think sometimes there's, there's times for the, Hey, I'm going to sit by the beach and drink. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, I think a lot of us, we have such a high energy, like we, we want to do things. So, you know, for me, golf is active, like it's active rest. 
um, and it recharges me more than just laying around by the pool. Um, and I know you going out windsurfing doesn't seem relaxing, but you're, you're, you're flexing your creative muscle. You're, and, and people will learn over the, over, over time, how much you love to challenge yourself. You never do anything that's easy. So <laughs> no, it pulls me out of my head. You know, as I say, I, my, with the jujitsu stuff, I like to roll around with sweaty men a few times a week. So that's, that's fun just to pull me out of my over analytical yeah. brain and, and, uh, well, well, our guest today, Brandon, is somebody that we kind of admire because he's managed to create experiences for clients. And and yes, you know, you, you met this individual in Portugal um, on basically it was a work trip. Yes, talk so, real briefly about this thing. Yeah, so Majid Magarban uh, became a very close friend, uh, and very quickly we. Uh, I got the opportunity to watch him curate and host an event in Portugal for speakers. And I've been to lots of events over the years, and he had the perfect dynamic of creative work time, of, of teaching and learning and education, and then of social and relaxation time. And we rented this beautiful mansion in Portugal near the beach, and we had this incredible week of all of just that. We got some great social time. We got to go to the beach and do a plunge in the water. We got to uh, get a lot of creative work done. I was there doing video coaching and filming and storytelling with his team, with his group. And, uh, and then just learning. He's an exceptional teacher and just has a lot to offer in how to do storytelling and self-promotion in a way that connects with people. So, um, yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll just read his bio here, Brandon. Sure. You know, Majid, he's a world traveling father. He's a professional speaker. And he founded a company called the Expert Speaker Institute, which he'll talk about. And it's really the premier resource for experts to grow their business with public speaking. And we can attest to that because we've, we've been there and experienced it. So um, I, I think what people are going to like about this interview is Majid has a different way at approaching public speaking. I think you and I haven't really met somebody that is so in tune with an audience that speaking just becomes something very natural versus like a task. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I would totally agree. Uh, it's one of those, you know, things that I think are the top three things people are afraid of is public speaking. And, and Majid has a way after, as you'll hear in the uh, interview, there's a lot of trial and error he's gone through in uh, finding out the right way to uh, present a story that connects with an audience uh, that isn't salesy and smarmy and icky and makes you, you know, want to take a shower afterwards. And so he's going to share a lot about that in the interview. Yeah, there's some really great nuggets that he drops in this interview. Um, there's just, I, I wrote a bunch of things as I was as we were talking, and and by the way, audience, we do these inner introductions after we talk to our guests. We 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 hate the old like read the interview, read the bio, yeah. welcome the guests. Like we 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 jump right into it, and so you know we we kind of know exactly what you're going to learn on this, and we're really excited because there's just a lot of great things here. Um, listen for his wisdom on have to versus get to. Uh, listen for his really gut wrenching story about um, a note that his uh, I'll say ex wife gave him. It's it's a gut wrenching story. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And you know it's funny when he and I met. I, I I was with him in Portugal right after I think he received that, and you know. I didn't realize how where he hmm. was at because it, we, he was in such a he was so effective during the the uh, the uh, the retreat that I didn't realize how much he was suffering and going through. So yeah, uh, it's, it's a really powerful story, and uh, 
you know, Majid is a normal person. You're going to hear his his humble beginnings about how his first speaking gig was a basically a Starbucks gift card and how he leveraged that into an amazing speaking career. So uh, I guess with no further ado, we want to bring on our friend uh, Majid. Enjoy the interview. And we are live. Hello, Majid. Hey, good to see you, Brandon. Majid, where are you calling in from? You're in this the is, beautiful uh, metropolis of where in Canada? This is Gatineau, Quebec. We speak French here. It's across the river from the capital of Canada, which is Ottawa, Canada. Excellent. Excellent. Anything exciting going on? What's going on right now with you, your business? What's top of mind? What's, what are you fired up about? What projects are you working on? I'm going to give you my woke answer. I'm most excited about this present moment. <laughs> All the bliss is right oh, here. So woke, man. I wish I had hair as woke as yours. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah. A couple things. Um, Canada's borders have just become um, more hospitable to uh, visitors. And so I'm planning an event at North America's largest spa, which is 15 minutes from my house. And we are going to film signature speeches, interviews, TikTok videos. Um, what was really exciting for me is about two or three months ago, a uh, video crew came to my house, sat me down for like two hours, and I just pumped out 40 little nuggets of wisdom. And they started posting it on TikTok. <laughs> and then I refreshed my phone and I have 10,000 followers. And I refreshed my phone and I have 50,000 followers. And I refreshed my phone and I have 264,000 followers. Now get this, guys. I've been in business 12 years. I've managed to accumulate 1,700 followers on my email list. I have 1,700 subscribers. I've gotten, what is that? I don't know, 25 times in like three months. So, so that's really exciting. And I'm hosting for my clients wow. to come in and get that same experience of just sit down, record videos, get it edited, get it posted, and become famous like me. <laughs> that's amazing well yeah. that's if that's not easy right hmm. fantastic so your was it all around your current business of helping people formulate a speech to attract their ideal clients tell us the little bit of the content of those videos so yeah my current business is helping entrepreneurs deliver a speech that gets clients and there's a right way to do that and a wrong way to do that and i learned by doing the wrong way first which is give a great speech followed by a pushy, salesy, crappy pitch that nobody buys from and everyone thinks you're a salesy schmuck. <laughs> That's what I did the first time because I didn't know what I was doing. What I have now learned and what I now teach is a storytelling strategy that gets your ideal client who's watching your speech imagine themselves in the story where they imagine themselves hiring you and solving the problem and get this feeling of like, oh my God, I want that. And then they they come to this conclusion themselves without you even saying anything that I got to hire this guy who's doing the speech, right? So that's what I teach. And I specialize in working with wellness professionals, functional medicine doctors uh, who have a practice where they have to give a presentation and convince someone to spend five, 10, $15,000 on a wellness program that's not covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. And so that's a sale that is made emotionally, not logically. Right. Okay. That's very, very niche. And I've done well being super niche in my business strategy. I only speak at conferences with natural doctors. I, you know, I spend all my like focus on, I want to be the guy who's the public speaking coach for holistic doctors. In fact, 
my next book and summit are called Public Speaking for Holistic Doctors. I'm not trying to confuse anybody, right? It's like <laughs> real specific. I call myself the world's only public speaking coach for holistic doctors because I'm just planting my flag in this ridiculously specific niche. That works for business and it's not the best TikTok strategy. <laughs> because because there's yes the holistic doctors are on tiktoks but so is like everybody right yeah. so my strategy on tiktok is uh, a series i made called magic words and it's little shifts in phrases that change your reality change your consciousness change your relationships for example instead of saying have to say get to instead of saying i have to pick up my kids at school at three o'clock say i get to pick up my kids at school at three o'clock Instead of saying, I don't have time, you say, I'm choosing to make time for this. And so just little phrases like that. Now, here's the funny thing. What blew up my TikTok is, is I had nail polish on. <laughs> I have nail polish on right now. You can't really tell it's gold nail polish. But at the time, I had red nail polish. It was around Christmas. I like to wear uh, nail polish because, as I mentioned to you guys before we press record, I specialize in sass. Uh, I like, I like to kind of, I like to be a little sassy and a little flashy sometimes. Yes, you do. And so I go in the comments on this video and the, the, the men are just very upset with the nail polish. (laughs) Of course they're like, how dare you? I would never take advice from a man who wears nail polish. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so I go in and I comment on all their comments. Thank you for boosting the algorithm. You're obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for your comments. So TikTok is a funny beast because you have to capture their attention in a millisecond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I always recommend step one, be ridiculously good looking. Yeah. Well, and, clearly, you know, clearly that's, that's right. Yeah. You can only aspire to yeah. you know, that you're high level. Yes. And, and, and an aside on nail polish. So in the, my jujitsu gym, the guys wear black nail polish on their feet mm. and I have not, gotten there maybe i gotta be a higher belt or something but and the reason for doing so is what uh great question excellent question i don't know i thought there's some competitive advantage to it no idea distraction maybe i don't know well i'll give you a quote from sally hogshead she says different is better than better Mm, like i like i like so what's different about you you know yeah i like that's awesome i really like that hey majid uh we we got we have a great producer which the listeners are going to um, really love over over these episodes. Dug out a really good story. I'd, I'd love to tell, love you to tell about the time you saved a teenager's life after a speech. You know what sure. I'm talking about? Sure. Yeah, I mentioned this in my TEDx talk. So um, I don't know if I can take all the credit for saving the, the this man's <laughs> life, this child's life, but uh, I'll take some because he gave it to me. He gave me the credit. So. Uh, when I was first entering the motivational speaker arena, I asked myself, what do I actually have some knowledge on? I was a young 20-something-year-old, and I did have knowledge on entrepreneurship. I had started five little businesses, sold several of them, and I was totally hooked on what I call solving problems profitably, which is my definition for entrepreneurship. And I was going into high schools uh, talking about how to start a business. And I was paid by the government of Canada to go into these different high schools. And I had secured a contract to do so. And I do my little shtick about how I started a snow cone business and how I was riding my bike on a hot summer day. And I've pulled up to the snow cone stand, you know, storytelling. 
Well, <clears throat> my goal is that the kids would be inspired to start a business. Um, but you never really know when you leave the classroom or when you leave the stage as a motivational speaker, you never really know what the people are going to do afterwards, you know, and you hope that at least some people were inspired to do something. Well, a few weeks after one of the talks, I get an email from a kid and this kid says, your talk saved my life because I was contemplating suicide. And instead of suicide, I'm now starting a business. Oh man! <laughs> and so it gave awesome. his life purpose. It gave his life meaning. And um, in that moment, I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I actually contacted the uh, the teacher and said, like, you know, this kid might need some help. And yeah, um, but it made me realize, like, your words have a lot of power. They have a lot of power. And so many people I work with as a coach have fears about speaking their truth because they don't want to be judged or ridiculed, or they have fears of teaching what they know because, well, there's someone else out there who's already teaching this stuff. And why, why me, why do I need to teach? And my answer is you don't know who's in your audience Hmm. and you don't know what it is that you're going to say that might change. And if you know that just one person, you might save a life, then really how dare you not? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Fantastic. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, it's definitely true that entrepreneurs can change, can save the world. And I, I think entrepreneurs are creatives, ultimately. And giving this kid hope, fantastic. I love that. Uh, especially, you know, I've got a 16-year-old in high school and is struggling because the kid can do geometry in his head. And, you know, it, it seems like a, an environment where they're constantly trying to put him in a box. And so he and I have all these conversations. He, he just got hired at a food truck. Now they're going to put him in as a manager of the food truck at 16. And he's just kind of lit up. He's kind of, kind of found a purpose for why you do math, why, you know, he's calculating profits. If we do this little bit less fries that people aren't eating anyway, and they're throwing away, we can gain, you know, eight more servings a day, which would give us this increase. So that kind of purposeful work um, certainly gave him hope and pulled him out of some rough places. So mm-hmm. bravo to you. Good. Well, my kids, my kids are six and eight, <laughs> and this is the summer where we're making money. <laughs> nice. We're making money. We're going door to door. We say, what kind of problems you've got? Because we got solutions if you got money. <laughs> awesome. I love it. That would be a beautiful TikTok series. I would love to see that. If I was a teenager today, and I used to run this program called Summer Company here in Ottawa on behalf of the Ontario government that funds this entrepreneurship program. And so I would witness um, about 50 teenage startups. And I can tell you which ones make the most money. Window washing, house washing, and car detailing. Yes. Okay. Yep. And and both of those are like, if you knock on a door, like 50% of the doors are going to say, yeah, well, I would totally like you to do that. Like imagine someone knocked at your door today and said, I'll wash your windows so you can be uh, looking out at the beautiful scenery without the the dust and the dirt that's on the outside of your windows. And you're like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to get on a ladder and try to maybe possibly break my back. And yeah. And so if I was a kid today, teenager, I would go door to door and detail cars. 300 yes. bucks a pop, 300 bucks a 300. pop. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. You do three or four cars a day. You're making two or $3,000 a weekend. Yeah. 
Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show today. Our guest, Majid, is fantastic. He's an expert in helping people develop a signature speech that they can deliver to help attract their ideal clients. Uh, Majid is a friend as well as confidant and business associate, and I've had the pleasure of working with him, and I can tell you he's the real deal. I've worked with his clients. I've met them. They're over uh, overjoyed with working with Majid and appreciate all the value he brings to the table. So I want to encourage you to go to his website, expertspeaker.com, and get your hands on that book. Now let's get back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brendan Boyd. Yeah. My son was doing that. My oldest was doing car detailing. He just put a post on Facebook one day. Next day, he had three customers and launched a business out of thin air. He wasn't yep. doing 300 a car. He was doing like 90, 100, 120, but still doing fantastic. I get, I, my car, I get my car detailed. I pay, two, I pay two, 250 but I have to drop it off at a place and sit there oh, like wow. a schmuck for a couple hours. I'd rather some kid comes to my house and just get it out and pay an extra 100 bucks for it. Yeah. I'll tell you, the, the kid who made the most money one summer was doing window washing. And as he's washing windows, he's calling out to all the neighbors. Hey, you want me to do your house? Hey, you know, great promoter. Nice. He, he came to me at the end of the summer. He said, I made $90,000 in three months. Oh, Whoa. He, here's my plan to make a million next year. I love and it. he showed me, he said, I'm going to buy a van. I'm going to get like four crews of teenagers that I'm going to pay $20 an hour. I'm just going to do the sales. Boom, boom, boom. I'm going to hit the whole neighborhood up. I'm going to buy four pressure washers. And he told me like, there's this kind of pressure washer that like extends with the extendable hose and you have to import it from Europe. I'm like, okay, buddy, like, go just, <laughs> just wash all the windows, man. <laughs> love, it. love it. Love yeah. it. Love it. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your evolution as an entrepreneur. So there's a story about your, I believe it was one of your first gigs getting paid with a uh, Starbucks gift card. Was it $25? Yes. Yes. Tell us about that story. Well, this story serves the uh, humble beginnings. <laughs> this is that category. <laughs> Thanks yeah. to riches. Right. Well, this is, this is what makes me relatable. Because if you look at where I'm at now, gallivanting and going to masterminds yes. in Puerto Rico yes. and traveling and yes. making lots of money, yes. people look at that and they go, he's different than me. Mm. But when I'm putting up my presentation, I show a picture of me with a $75 Ikea desk in the corner of my bedroom, (laughs) bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and I'm like, you see this picture? This guy has no idea what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) That was me. Wow. And so I printed up uh, Vistaprint business cards where it says, if you flip it up on the back, it says this guy was too broke to pay for business cards. So he got it for free at Vistaprint. Those it. were the business cards I had. And I put my name, my email, my phone number and the word speaker, because this is how I thought you market yourself as a speaker, because it's official. It's on a business card. Right. 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 And I started telling people, I'm a speaker. I'm a speaker. I'm a speaker. What do you speak on? They would ask. I would say, well, anything <laughs> would you like me to speak of? <laughs> i i thought the marketing tact strategy of like the more things you do the more customers you get which i later discovered was the exact opposite of the right strategy it's like the less things you do the more specialized you're perceived to be right so anyway this guy says um i know the manager at a retirement home 
And he's been saying that the people aren't really getting along much. <laughs> um, could you come and give a presentation on conflict management? Oh, my gosh. And I said, yes. Of course, of course I can. I can. <laughs> conflict management. I'm Have you met me? That. Of course I can. <laughs> Let me just Google conflict management. Right, right. <laughs> right. Crash course. Yeah. So I, I prepared um, sachets of tea. Tea. I got uh, I got a box of Lipton tea and I and I got a box of Ziploc bags and I put two tea bags in each Ziploc bag and I prepared 30 of them, hoping that I wouldn't run out. Right. Luckily, luckily, there were only three people there. <laughs> <laughs> so I had 27 extras. Excellent. But Excellent. I used I used this prop as a metaphor. I said, listen, you have a cup of tea, make a cup of tea for your neighbor and choose one that you really don't like. And just have have a cup of tea with them. Wait, a neighbor you don't like or the tea you don't like? Just no, the, the neighbor. The, the neighbor, neighbor. You, you got to like. not like the neighbor. Okay, I got you. You know, and I, and I talk about like how, you know, we all have hopes and dreams and, you know, we're we're one and he may, I was just making this stuff up. <laughs> And at one point, um, I, I, one person had their eyes closed and they were breathing heavily. I, I, oh, no. I hope they were in deep contemplation yes. from the profound language. I was of course. Using, they were probably actually sleeping. <laughs> and at the, at the end of the praise presentation, I did not get a standing ovation because no. two of the people, two of the people were in a wheelchair. Right. <laughs> so uh, you can't get a standing ovation. No. when The majority of your audience is in a wheelchair. Right. Um, but what I did get that actually changed uh, my self image was I got a Starbucks gift card, a $25 Starbucks gift card. And I held this thing and I just I thought to myself, I have been paid to speak. This makes me a paid speaker <laughs> from, from, from amateur to professional, just like that, just like that. So uh, a star was born, and um, that is my humble beginning story. Wow. Um, and now I have a spreadsheet of over 500 paid speaking engagements that I've done, including uh, the United Nations and Fair Trade and Citigroup. And I like to drop these you know, brand names, and I've been paid $10,000 to give a speech, and I've been flown out to Mexico to work with the sales team and all this cool stuff. But it all started. With a $25 gift certificate to Starbucks. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So are you, are you kind of, do you have kind of a standard speech, Majid, or do you kind of like cater a talk depending on the audience? Seems like you talk on a wide range of topics. Great question. So I used to think that I should make a new speech for every audience because they deserve it. But then I realized the best, the best performers never bring mm. out new material when it's game time. Mm. The best mm. of the best comedians, for example, they will do little tours around uh, little local comedy clubs to prepare their material for their Netflix special. Yeah. When you see the Netflix special, none of those jokes are new. Okay. So I, I went from believing that uh, I should make a completely custom speech because what if someone saw my speech before and then they see it again and they go, oh, I've seen this thing before. Sure. Maybe. Um, so what I have now is I have a signature speech. And my signature speech is designed to be educational, entertaining, 
and exactly what my ideal client needed to hear to get them to go from, I have this problem that keeps me up at night to, holy doodles, I just found the solution. He's standing on stage talking right now. Beautiful. Because what I discovered is that um, as a professional speaker, $25 gift certificates to Starbucks ain't paying the bills. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was doing my tour to schools, they were like, our budget's 200 bucks. And I was like, great, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, and, and I, you know, I used to do this um, speaking gig with a leadership training company. They paid me $1,000 a day. They flew me out. They put me in a hotel. And that was cool. But $1,000 a day, again, only gets you so far. How about making 50000 a speech or 100000 a speech or a quarter of a million a speech? And I've done that. And I've done that not through speaking fees. I've done that through thinking of speaking not as the product that I'm selling for a fee, but I think of speaking as the marketing mm. that positions me for the audience to invest in my offer, which can be a course, it can be training, it can be consulting, it can be coaching. So... When I realized that um, I don't need to have a new speech, in fact, the best thing I can do is give a speech that I've practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced, and the best performers in the world, they deliver the speech like it's the first time. Right. When you go yeah. see a Broadway musical and they've been doing the same freaking show twice a day for 100 days, and you see it on day 100, it better be as good or better than day one. Yes. So um, I will improvise. If I feel so inspired, I will customize. Um, one of the ways I customize is if I'm doing a slide presentation, I'll take a quotation from something I heard earlier that day. And then they go, Smart. Ooh, this is, Ooh, this is a, Whoa, this is a totally customized presentation for our event. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Gotcha. Or I'll open up with a joke that um, indicates that I am in tribe. Ah, gotcha. Use some of the internal language of I the, use the uh, internal of the language. Yeah. Give us an example. What's what's dazzle us okay. with an internal okay. language word, you woke hairy man, you do it. All right. So I was given a presentation at Sachin Patel's Perfect Practice Live. And Sachin Patel is a handsome Indian man, former barber. <laughs> and he does this um goatee mustache. That does like a pencil thin uh, mustache on the top and like a perfectly manicured beard on the bottom. Okay. So I start my presentation and I say, hey, guys, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, let's give it up for our host, Sacha Patel. I put a, a picture of him on the screen. And then I say, if you're like me, you said these words to Sachin the first time you met him. And I click to the next slide and it says, dude, you have an amazing beard. <laughs> and then I zoom in uncomfortably close on his mouth, like, like, <laughs> like filling the whole screen. And then I have like red arrows and I say, guys, how does he do this thing? I have a theory. Work, work with me here. Here's my theory. And then I cut to the next slide and it's lasers. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, the only way you can get that close to the beard is lasers. He's got to have a beard laser. Now I'm just beard picturing laser. him in the morning with his mushroom coffee. Yeah. Calling out Crazy. to his calling out to his wife, Deepa, uh, you know, and then I and then I sort of pantomime sipping the, the coffee. I go and then he says, Deepa, bring me the beard laser. <laughs> <laughs> so now I got a mushroom coffee joke. I'm mentioning his wife by name. I'm also indicating that we're so close. I can joke about him like this. 
Yes. Because I'm wanting people to know that that the leader of the tribe and I are buddies and I can joke like this. Yeah. Then um, then he re- he referenced something like uh, clients are like burritos. And, <laughs> and there's there's this metaphor with burritos. And yes. so in my next slide, I say uh, there's a meme that says. Um, I I don't love burritos, said no Juan ever. Juan. <laughs> and, and there's like a there's like a Mexican guy with a hat. And he's like, guys, I'm going to show you how to get more burritos today. I'm yeah. speaking their language. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Then I go I go and talk about uh, IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome that everyone's talking about. Freaking, of course. Freaking well, IBS. well burritos perfect. ties in real nicely. I know it's that. a nice, nice segue there. <laughs> you know what? I miss the burritos and the IBS. Yeah. But I, I start making yeah. some IBS jokes. And yeah. Stuff. And so I'm just I'm just pulling all the content from the, the other speakers and I'm in the back of the room making little slides and laughing to myself. <laughs> and so in the first five minutes of this hour long presentation, I've answered the question on everyone's mind. One, is this going to be boring? Is this going to be suck? Is this going to suck? No, no. Is this guy at least going to make me laugh? Sure. And then I can get into the serious content. Excellent. Love it. Let's talk a little bit about that. The expert game, you were doing SNL. You were doing uh, improv comedy background, and you had toured with, I think, some SNL actors, and your warm-up was called the expert game. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was about? Love that you remember that. Cool. Yeah. So improv comedy is this like art form, performance form that you um, just totally get into the moment. You know that woke? I'm going to call back to the woke moment. Well, we're going to keep using that word a lot. so present, right? And what you do is you go out on stage with an acting partner and you set a scene. And the, the number one rule in improv is yes and. Ah. Yep. And yes, and means you're going to agree with whatever scenario your other partner has created, and then you're going to add to it. Like when you're you walk out and someone says, "Son, pass me the bait for the fishing line. I'm going to cast it into the lake and catch the biggest bass out here." Your response needs to be something like, "Okay, Dad. Gosh, I really love fishing with you," and not like, "I'm not your son. I'm an alien, and we're on Mars." Because <laughs> then that kind of like breaks the reality that they've created, right? So one of the exercises we would do at practice is called the, the expert game. And the way this works is our whole troop would line up and we're, you know, just practicing amongst ourselves. And then one person is designated as the expert. And we say, you're an expert in, and then we give something super random, like you're an expert in cat allergies. Okay. And then you go to the first person and the first person asks a question to the expert of cat allergies that only a cat allergy expert would know, right? They would say, you know, I have a Siamese cat and we're going on a hike on Mount Kilimanjaro and they have yak butter coffee. And I was thinking (laughs) maybe I could feed the cat the yak butter. Any thoughts? (laughs) And then the expert would go, well, as a matter of fact, yak butter actually enhances the uh, fertility of cats and the likelihood of getting pregnant increases. So as long as you keep it away from male cats, you should be fine. Also, you're going to want to make sure that you have ventilation because it does produce a lot of flatulence. <laughs> and you Catulence. just... Catulence. Yes. Yes. So without pausing, and and so speaking as though you're an expert... Um, 
And so that just practices the muscle of the way the brain works with language is as you're thinking about what to say, you're evaluating it internally and judging it and, and maybe not saying it. If you could remove that judgment and just flow, which is what happens when you have alcohol, <laughs> um, you know, you don't think too much about what you're saying before you right. say it, right? This is true. And so again, this is about being present. And here's a funny thing about words and sentences and speech is that when you start talking, you don't know how the sentence is going to end. Mm. And it's not like you like think of the whole phrase and say it in your head and then go, okay, that sounds good. And then speak, especially when you're confident, when you're confident, you flow and trust that the sentence will finish itself when it needs to be finished. Interesting. Never thought of that. Love that. Majid, Majid, you talked about speaking as like marketing yourself. Um, Most people will like, like, let's say you're selling something at the end. Um, it's like, okay, here's, here's my content. And then they shift into like a sales pitch. I don't, it doesn't seem like you do that. I what did do it do? once. Did, I did Tell it me once about that. And I'll never do it again. It's a, st- I mean, that's kind of a standard format for a lot of people who sell from stage, who want to lead you into an offer. But I think that people have gotten, well, it's like, it's like 40. 40- Forty-five yeah. minutes of content, fifteen-minute pitch, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, tell me about the time you failed and why. Like, yeah. Wh- what did that so, do? What so did that forty-five do? minutes of content and fifteen-minute pitch is bush league. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now it yeah. it might look like that, mm. um, but the true artist knows that the sale starts before the speech. Mm. Now I didn't know this. And I took some bad advice and I did something like my version of uh, 45 minutes of uh, speech and 15 minutes of pitch. There I was in New Orleans at the Hotel Monteleone in the French Quarter up at two o'clock in the morning, updating the slides. I had a hundred lawyers and accountants who are managing high net worth individuals. And I wanted to pitch them a $5,000 leadership training for their staff. Now, I knew this is killer training. I was working with a company that was selling training like this for like $30,000, and I'm going to sell it for five, and it's going to crush. It's going to be so amazing. And so at the time, I was watching people like Jeff Walker and Brendan Burchard do these really cool product launches. And I would watch video one, I would watch video two, and I would watch video three, and I knew video four is like going to be the, the offer video. And I would watch how they made the offer. And I copied it as closely as I could. I'm two o'clock in the morning, building up the slides. And what I learned at the time is that you have, if you have a bunch of bonuses, it makes people go, holy shit, the bonuses are worth more than the program itself. Right. And then you, you add up all the prices and you make the number red (laughs) and then you, and then you reveal the real price with green. And then people are like, in their head, they're like, oh, my God, it went from red to green. What am I going to do? <laughs> green means go. You, Take my card. Yeah. And then if you end the number in a seven, <gasps> people are like, whoa, it's in a, <laughs> ends in a seven. <laughs> so I did all that shit. Oh, all right. I did the bonuses. I did the red number. I was staying up at two o'clock in the morning working PowerPoint to animate 
the explosion of the red number and then the superhero arrival of the green number with the seven thinking that people are going to be like holy fucking shit there's a seven and it's great i gotta buy this thing <laughs> so i did like the internet minutes. marketing days of yeah. 20 years ago right <sighs> so i did my i did my 45 minute speech and it was great and then i like switched into pitch mode and i could feel my whole body go into like Ugh, mm, oh no Mm. Oh, oh God. Right. <laughs> and um, I start doing my animation. Of course, it's the first time I've ever delivered the pitch because I'm up at two o'clock in the morning, you know, so sure. this is yep. unpracticed. And I'm like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> another bonus and another bonus. And I added up that, and it was ridiculous the price, like 264,073 cents. Yeah. And then I made it appear uh, $4,997 green. And then I didn't know what to do. And the whole room was quiet. Like and you froze? I froze. And then the silence was broken by laughter <gasps> in the front row. And the laughter started to spread. Oh, oh, my God. And then I looked over at my client who had paid me to come there to deliver a speech, not a pitch. And his face is buried in his hands in embarrassment. Oh, oh he's, he's, he's like, oh god! He's, and I'm, I'm like, I literally, I don't know what to do now. What do I do? Like curtsy and like leave or something? <laughs> right. And I was just so embarrassed, and I was red, and I was sweating, and we ended the thing. And then in my head, I said to myself, "This client must hate me. They're going to blackball me from the industry. They're going to get into some secret chat room and say, Ooh. don't anybody hire Majid for a speech because he makes stupid cheesy pitches.'" I made zero sales. I was totally embarrassed. And that was the moment I decided I got to figure this thing out. Mm. I read all the books. I took all the courses. I hired some coaches and I built my own simplified formula that I call the signature speech. And I give it away for free in my book called Expert Speaker, the hottest book since 50 Shades of Grey. <laughs> Got my expert copy. speaker, five steps to grow your business with public speaking. You can get it for free at expertspeakerbook.com. You can download the PDF instantly, expertspeakerbook.com, or you can go to Amazon and get expert speaker. And so there's a formula that I follow that captures people's attention, tells stories, and is designed for the ideal client to see themselves in the speech, solving the problem that keeps them up at night and realizing, oh my God, I found the solution. I got to hire the guy who's speaking right now. Okay. So I used to think there's a speech and there's a pitch. Now mm. I think differently about it. I think there's an ideal client who's struggling right now. So I picture my functional medicine doctor, Maggie, who wants to spend more time with her kids. She wants her husband to be able to retire from his job that he hates and come home and be with the kids and travel. She wants to have a multi six figure healthcare practice and be a bit of a celebrity on Instagram. <laughs> she wants to give speeches and she wants to have a waiting list of premium clients saying, Oh my God, I saw you speak at the conference and I totally want to be your client. Okay. I know what keeps her up at night. And there's a real person called Maggie that there's a real person called Maggie that I call from time to time saying, Hey, how do you think of this? How do you think of that? It's nice to have an ideal client who actually exists. Right. And when I wrote this book, it was like a love letter to her mm. and it opens up, it opens up and it says, does this sound like your life? 
And within two or three pages, she's like, oh, my God, what do you got? Like a tape recorder in my head or something? <laughs> right? Love it. So now I picture her either scrolling through the Internet and stumbling upon my video or coming to the conference and reading the title and description of my keynote and thinking, oh, my God, that's exactly what I need. I open up the speech and she's hooked. It's like, I, it's like I'm blowing in a dog whistle and she's like, that's me. Like, it's just for her. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, everybody else is going to say that was interesting. That was special. That was useful. Congratulations. Nice speech. Like, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to alienate people. Sure. But I want her to feel like this is just for her. Now, she's going to see in me something that she aspires to pull out of herself. Hmm. She's going to see in me some resonance and similarities. So I have a story. My story has a beginning and a middle and an end. I'm in the middle of my story right now. The beginning of my story is how I grew up, son of an immigrant, poor, uh, American born, Iranian descent. You know, I have this like story of who I am, my values. The middle of my story is I'm an entrepreneur. I'm solving problems. I'm living this life. I'm living. The end of my story is the world that I'm creating. I am creating a world where I believe in a world where that's the world that I'm creating. So we have this um, continuum of the story, the timeline of our stories. Yeah. She has a beginning and a middle and an end to her story. Her middle is she's struggling with a problem right now that fits like a puzzle piece to the solution that I'm offering. The -hmm. beginning of her story is like, you know, we kind of grew up in similar way, like, you know, your values are like my values. We see alignment. So I actually engineer my story to fit like a puzzle piece to her story. Mm, I love She's that. like, I like you because you're like me. I like you because I think you get me more than most people could. That is engineered by design. Mm. The world that I'm creating is the world that she wants to get on board with. Hey, everybody, Brandon again. Hope you're enjoying uh, today's show with Majid. Lots of good stories, lots of interesting insights. I want to encourage you again, go to expertspeaker.com or expertspeakerbook.com and get your hands on that book that Majid has for developing a signature speech to help enhance your brand, to attract ideal clients, to just uh, bolster your presence so your message can get out about the unique way you are putting a beautiful dent in the world. Really hope you're enjoying the show today. Let's get back to it. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. Love it. Love it. This completely resonates. I think I think the word that comes to mind is resonance. And when, when, we're, when we're doing filming with our clients, you know, one of the, the, the connection story we call it the big why is we're looking for some kind of shared struggle, shared humanity story where, my gosh, you're just like me. You know, one of the reasons why we like to delve into, you know, origin stories of the $25 gift card, getting paid with that, and the the speeches that fall flat is because everyone can relate with the shared struggle of growth and and learning. And and, and sometimes it's it's difficult. Um, Sometimes people lose touch with that. Everybody starts somewhere. And uh, that, that beautiful human resonance of the, the 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 comedy aspect, the horror of standing in front of a crowd and they're laughing and the and your the client is face palming in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that. I love it. Um, and and also you know the idea of you're you're taking you're reading a page from the diary and uh, being that in touch with what people's pain is and concerns yeah. are that you can read from their diary. 
I experienced your nightmare, so you don't have to. (laughs) Yes. Love it. Speaking of nightmares, let's just go on this for a second. Is there any part in your business, and it may be the attorney story in New Orleans, but um, if we, if you think of your business in terms of a Netflix special of uh, of a true crime of a horror story, is there any moments that were just terrifying? Or or let's let's say your your business is a sci fi movie, the, the history of business. Was there any moments that were that were unexplainable? Uh, maybe it's the universe, serendipity, whatever you want to call it, that showed up, and there's some, some really great or interesting things that happened that were just unexplainable. And I know you and I enjoy doing different types of plant medicine ceremonies and, <laughs> and psychedelics and, and and exploring that as psychonauts. Anything like that in your business history? Well, what comes to mind is uh, the moment that I refer to as my surprise divorce. There I was lying sick in bed, sick as a dog. And my wife at the time said, here's a note. She doesn't usually write me notes. And I said, what's in the note? And she said, just some thoughts. And I said, where are you going? She says, I'm going to the grocery store. Well, the note read, um, we're canceling our trips to Portugal, where you met me in Portugal. Uh, My wife and children were supposed to be there. That was canceled by her. And I don't want to talk to you and I want a divorce and I've already made my mind. And she just never came home. And the kids didn't come home either. Ouch. So I got out of bed sick as a dog. Um, got out of bed sick as a dog, called my mom and just cried like a baby. Uh, what am I what am I gonna do? I don't know. What am I gonna do? Mm. And uh, that's when I found God. Because, mm. like, you can't explain shit like that unless mm. you start. You know, my brother Sachin said to me, you know, Majid, the universe always gives you what you need, but not always what you want. Mm. And I started, like, taking fortune cookie. I was, you know, going to see astrologists and tarot card readers because I was just like, I don't know what I am anymore. Yes. Yesterday, I was a husband. And now I'm a guy in a robe crying to his mom. Yeah. You know? Um, so for me, it's really important to protect my mojo and to protect my confidence. And for those first months, um, I felt like I was faking it. Mm-hmm. Like I was barely holding it together. And then Brandon and I went to a mansion in Portugal with my buddy, Paul, who was cooking for us and a bunch of fabulous clients there. And then the freaking world fell apart. We went from trying to find toilet paper to like, you might not get home. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was just like, OK, I'm just going to go ahead and lose my mind. Just completely and totally <laughs> lose my mind. And I did. Man, I went down the rabbit holes and I found out that alien lizards are living in the middle of the, the planet Earth and they're running the country and politicians are drinking blood. And I was like, well, I guess all that's maybe true, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, you know, even now, I was just on a call yesterday. I was about to get on, a, on an interview and the co-host was like, should we talk about the recession? And I'm like, what recession? She's like, you haven't heard? We're going into a recession. Uh, and you know, clients aren't, sp- people aren't spending money anymore because we're going into a recession. And I'm just like, you know what? 
whatever screen is pumping out fear yeah. that you're paying attention to, because that's yeah. what the screens do. The screens, they just pump out fear and you're like, oh my God, what should I do? I'll just hide. Right. Yeah. You know, at the, at some point of after losing my mind, I was like, the only certainty I can actually create in the world is just like be in this present moment. Don't get stuck in the past. Don't get worried about the future. Be in this present moment. And I think that clients gravitate towards confidence. Mm. And I think the way we cultivate con- confidence is that we remember that we have a long history of winning. Yes. Every time I ran out of money, I made more. Every time I had a challenge that was insurmountable, I surmounted it. Confidence comes from remembering that you have a long history of winning. Mm. And so... You know, I felt like the rug was pulled underneath me between divorce and pandemic. And I, I, I thought the freaking sky was falling and that like money was kind of going to like evaporate. And like, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Right. Um, until like the moment I just made a decision, like, I'm just going to create my own certainty. Mm. When did that moment hit you? When was that? Portugal? After Portugal? No. About two two weeks uh, of ordering pizza every day and watching Tiger King on Netflix. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'll give you some certainty. That'll make you rethink yeah. your life. <laughs> yeah, I also I, I also I think in that moment uh, decided that drinking alcohol would be a good idea. I decided uh, that it was a bad idea for me for a long time, and then I was like, you know what? Now's a good time to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a series of bad decisions, and then. Um, then I bought a $5,000 uh, massage chair. Oh, and, and the reason why that was a symbolic move for me is I was hearing everywhere that nobody's spending money. My coach at the time was like, you can't sell anything because nobody is spending any money. And I was like, that can't be completely true. Right. And there, there are going to be a group of people subgroup of humanity that are actually going to do really well in this pandemic. And those people are going to be spending money and they're going to be receiving money. And I can't uh, with a straight face and integrity, tell someone to spend a lot of money on something that they want, unless I'm doing that. Yes. So as an act of faith and as an act of abundance, I bought this thing that I wanted for a long time, but couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't pull myself to do it. Bought this badass fucking massage chair that makes you feel like you're on a UFO getting massaged by aliens. And um, I proceeded to travel like a madman and I I would get convertibles and go to high-end luxury retreats, gallivant across the country because I heard somewhere that you're not allowed to travel. And I was like, well, let me just show you what you can do because I love to do what I can't. It's a bit of this, the rebel in me. Um, so obviously the pandemic with the mandates, that was a real, uh, that was a real fun test of what can I actually get away with? Um, so yeah, I just made a decision that I'm going to be in the group of people that are going to have fun and be abundant and prosper. And I'm going to go find those people. And on more than one occasion, I left my country because I could not find them here where I live Hmm. here in Canada. There are people who are proudly following the rules. In fact, they call Canada the, the land of laws and the land of rules. And uh, I upset many neighbors um, by my uh, flagrant advertisement of my mobility. Um, 
But I, I also decided like at the beginning, I was like, if we're going to travel, we can't post anything online. <laughs> this was at the time. This was at the time when like, you know, if you ever saw a picture of someone standing next to someone less than six feet away without a mask, you'd be like, oh, my God, look at them. They're standing next to each other. Yeah. In yeah. Fact, yeah. Rule breakers. Fact, yeah. I had this like crazy moment. I was with a, uh, a close friend of mine, um, Brandon, who, you know, but I won't name here because it's, it's this would embarrass him uh, <laughs> with another. There, there was three of us and we were in Ottawa. And I, I take my phone and I take a selfie and they were like, wait, 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 don't post that. Hang on. And then one of them stands six feet behind me. And then the other one stands six feet behind them. And they said, now take the picture. And, I'm, and I take a selfie of the three of us. And this is what they refer to as a distanced selfie. Oh, my gosh. And it's to imply to people that we've been six feet apart the whole time we're hanging out, which we haven't been. Wow. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, okay, I'm losing my mind. I got to get to Utah. Yeah, sure. I got, I got to get to Florida. I got to get to Utah. I got to get to Texas. I got to get to somewhere where people aren't acting like this. <laughs> and um, yeah. Luckily, well, well, that yeah. would qualify as a, one of part of our segments on the show is asking people about their 60 second rant. So I think you've, you've covered that <laughs> very, very well. And, and I completely can am in alignment with it because I did not pay attention and I will, I'm comfortable saying this live. I didn't pay, pay attention to one restriction during COVID as far as travel goes. I went where I wanted to go and yanked my mask off every every second I could because I agree with you. It's been a fear-based uh, you know, experiment in societal control. I'll leave it right there. We're not going to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. But yeah. Um, I got to pull the reins on you, Brandon. Yeah, I know, yeah, hold me back. Hold me back. Majid, I know you've got a few more minutes. Give us, how can people find you and, and learn more about what you do? Expertspeakerbook.com will get you the book. You can download it for free. You can book a strategy call with me at expertspeaker.com slash apply. This is for people who want to work on their positioning, their branding, build a signature speech that attracts clients. Expertspeaker.com is my website. And, uh, Actually, if, we want, if you want to watch my TikTok videos, they're entertaining. Uh, and I'm expert speaker on TikTok. Join the throngs of thousands that have joined. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look <laughs> it up. <laughs> Majid, you, are, you exude, uh, exude so much positivity. Um, you were one of the first guests we thought of when we started the show. Like We really wanted you on. And um, you're, just, you're just a great person. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Um, so good to get to know you better and dive into your stories. And I think a lot of people will definitely take you up on your offer to work with you. It's just, just, you're just an amazing interview. Thank you, my friend. Yes. Majid's an amazing person. We share a lot of interesting stories and he's just a beautiful man and glad to call him my friend. So yes. I definitely check out what he's got to offer. All right. Thank you guys. Love you very much and good work. Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder. Thank <laughs> you.